I want you to turn to Jeremiah chapter 29 in your, in your Bibles this morning. If you're using your phone, if you're using an iPad, or if you still have uh, ink and paper, turn to uh, Jeremiah chapter 29 this morning. I want to share with you uh, a, a message that uh, I, I felt impressed in my spirit early in this past week to bring today. Actually, I was, uh, I was in a meeting. Uh, an all-day meeting earlier in the week, and, and the director of that meeting, he asked each one of us present to share a scripture, and I shared a portion of Jeremiah 29, just a, a small portion of that chapter, and the Holy Spirit began to speak to my heart in that moment, not that hour, but in that moment about what to share, what to bring here in the service this morning. And we know that times are difficult right now for us, maybe not financially, could be, but maybe not financially. But we know right now is a trying time in our lives, in, in us as a nation, and with us as Christian people. So, if you would, go there with me to verse 4. And the word of the Lord says this, This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem into Babylon. I don't take my time reading this morning, but I want you to pay attention to something real closely. This is what God says to Israel. Israel is His people. It is a type of the church today. He says to Israel, Say to all of those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. God is saying, I took my people, Israel, my church, from a place that they felt like they belonged. In fact, they do belong in Jerusalem. But he said, I've taken them from Babylon, from Jerusalem into Babylon and done so, putting them in exile. <clears throat> Here's what he tells them. He said, build houses and settle down. That's worth underlining. I'm reading from the New International Bible, version of the Bible. He says, build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. <coughs> Marry and have sons and daughters. Wow. Wow. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage. See, 70 years is more than a generation. Let me read that again. Let me start from because it's actually some lengthy sentences. Build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they Two may have sons and daughters. We're seeing a total of three generations to come to pass. He said, increase in number there. Increase in number there and do not decrease. 
You see, what Jeremiah is saying to them is this. You go and you do the best where I'm taking you to I'm, and, and you increase. Don't decrease. Don't give up is what God is saying. He said, also seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it. Because if it prospers, you too will prosper. Yes, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel says. Do not let the prophets and the diviners among you deceive you. Do not listen to the dreams you encourage them to have. Ooh, that's big. That is big. Do not listen to the dreams that you encourage them to have. They are prophesying lies to you in my name. I have not sent them, declares the Lord. Now, what they were prophesying was that God would bring them out before the 70 years were up. But that was not the plan of God at all. You see, they were prophesying against God's plan. This is what the Lord says. When the 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and will fill my good promise to bring you back to this place. For I know, I underscored this in the overhead for a reason. For I know the plans that I have for you. I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and to not harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. And I will bring you back from captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and the places where I have banished you, declares the Lord. And will bring you back to the place from which I carried you into exile. Which means I will bring you back home. I will bring you back to Jerusalem. I want to preach to you this morning, this message, with the thought in mind, the plan after the plan. I want you to know and realize this morning that you and I, we are not forgotten. The reason I know that is because Israel was not forgotten. Adam and Eve was not forgotten. God knows where His people are. He knows where you are at right now. He knows where I am at right now. Some people think, well, my gracious, why in the world did God walk into the Garden of Eden and, and, and call out to Adam and Eve? He had communed with Him every day. Why did He walk down and say, hey, Adam, where are you at? Where art thou? If you're, you know, in reading the King James, where art thou, Adam? God didn't lose track of Adam. He never, he never misunderstood. He, he never lost track of Adam. You see, God's got a more sophisticated system than any GPS system, any tracking system that's ever been known. God knows us and He knows us inside. He knows us outside. He knows the number of hairs on our head. For some of us, we make His job a little bit easier, but, but the reality of it is God knows where we're at all the time and what we're going through and what we are experiencing. 
experience it. So God has not forgotten His people. And we are not forgotten as a nation. And we are not forgotten as Christians. And we are not forgotten as a church, even in this time that we're experiencing right now. So God says, this is what I want you to do. He said, here's the plan. He said, I want you to know you are not forgotten. He said, and then I want you to grow where you're planted. He says, I want you to live a normal life. I want you to build houses. I want you to settle down. I want you to plant gardens. I want you to marry and have families. And then the next generation marry and have families. I want you to have grandkids. So God wants us to grow where we're planted. He also says, I want you to pursue peace in the city where you're at. You see, peace is, that word peace is derived from the, the word shalom. And that word shalom actually means harmony, wellness, soundness, well-being, and success. It doesn't mean that we're not getting upset. It doesn't mean that we're not worried. But what it is a word that means harmony and wholeness and soundness. And, and, and when God spoke to Israel, and I believe as He's speaking to us this morning, He's telling us to find peace in the circumstance we're in. Grow where we're planted. We are in this time for a reason. This, we are in this place for a reason. We are in this country, you and I here this morning, and those that are watching this morning that are, are United States citizens living in the United States of America, we are here for a reason. I believe that we are born for such a time as this. You know, Ruth and Naomi, the, the whole story, if you read the book of Ruth, you find that, that, that it is all for a reason and a purpose. And can I explain everything? No, I can't. Can I tell you what God is up to in everything that He does and everything that is happening and everything that He permits to happen? No, I can't tell you that. But I can tell you this. God makes no mistakes and we are here for a time and a place and we have a reason for being here. Not, And I'm not talking just in this hour, in this building this morning or where you may be watching by live stream or listening by, by EV radio this morning. Listen, this season that we're in right now, this generation that exists right now, we are here for such a time and such a place as this and God is equipping us and making us ready to do His will. See, God warns against, uh, He, he warns against listening to Prophets and, and diviners. And, and, and let me tell you, I, I'm not here to bash anyone. I'm not here to lessen anyone's credibility. But let me, let me, let me interject this to you this morning. Right now, there's, there's a bit of confusion because people are saying, well, I heard this man or I heard this woman said, God said he was going to do this and God said he was going to do that and, and it didn't happen and what, what, what's going on here? But let me tell you something. God does doesn't lie and God doesn't make mistakes and God doesn't make errors and if God has ordained and God has has set something in place there's not enough devils in hell or even hard-headed people to stop what God has ordained from coming forth sometimes people may get beside themselves sometimes they may get a little over anxious and get a little excited doesn't mean they're bad people and this means they may have got a little bit overzealous but let me tell you something God didn't 
not fail. God has not failed. And what God will take care of is what He knows is going on right now. Because it's no surprise to Him. So quit worrying about the people that maybe missed it a little bit or maybe they even missed it a whole lot. Don't lose hope. Don't lose confidence. There's, there's people, there's people, there's ministries that I've listened to and ministries that I've followed to some, for some time that I believe credible and, 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 and they missed it. They missed it. Bottom line, they missed it. But the reality of it is God is still in control and God's still on the throne. And God's still taking care of you and I. He warns them about listening to false prophets. Listen to me. It's good. I believe in the work of prophecy. I'm not preaching against the work of prophecy. But let me tell you something. There is a sure and certain foundation that is written and bound. Most of us, sometimes it's bound in leather. Sometimes it's bound in a, uh, you know, in in a, if it's like mine, it's bound up in an otter box in a little handheld computer. And you can pull it up and you can find it here. But let me tell you what, the Word of God is proven. The Word of God is unfailing. The word of God will not pass. Not one jot nor one tittle of the word will God will pass away. We can depend on the word. And when the word says, I'm with you always, even unto the end of the earth, he means it. He said it. He's doing it. He will continue to do it. I'm not giving up hope. I'm not losing confidence because God is on my side. And he's on yours too. So we're not forgotten. God is calling Israel, a type of the church, a type of you and I, to grow where we're planted. And then he's calling them to follow God's plan. And when we follow God's plan, if you want to go on down, I didn't read this, but if you want to read through verses 15 and 19, what you find in the story here of Jeremiah 29 is God's people, if you would, the people of, there was a group of people in Jerusalem that resisted going into Babylon. Now this is crazy, right? This is crazy. You got God's people in God. Israel, in God's land, Jerusalem, but God said, I'm going to take you into exile for 70 years, nearly two complete generations passing. God, but there was a group of people that, that, and and I could imagine that probably they were Pentecostals, okay? Well, I'm not going over there to Babylon, you know, because this is where God's want us to be. This is what God's designed for us to be. I know we're here, we're here in Jerusalem. I've heard somebody prophesy that we got to be here in Jerusalem. This is where God's coming back to. This is where Messiah's going to show up at. So we're not going over there in Babylon. We're saying, no, there was Israelites that resisted leaving Jerusalem and going to Babylon. But in reality, it was God will that Jerusalem or that, excuse me, Israel be removed from Jerusalem and go into Babylon exile for 70 years. There, he said, I want you to live normal lives. I want you to have babies. I want you to have grandbabies. I want you to plant gardens. I want you to can maters. I want you to put up cucumbers. I want you to can some green beans, plant you a good field of taters. I want, I want you to do everything that you would do in normal life. And I want you to increase because in 70 years, I'm going to bring you out. You know why? I wish you'd tell me because I don't really understand it all myself. And I don't understand why God may be allowing us to go down the road as a nation that we're going 
down ourselves right now. But I do realize that God is in control. And God has a plan. You see, you see, the people resisted to move from back from, from Jerusalem into Babylon. But God says, if you read there in the remaining part of Jeremiah 29, He is actually, His intention, His announcement is that I will persecute those that remain in Jerusalem while all the time He's going to bless those that end up in Babylon. Now isn't that crazy? Isn't that crazy? But you see, we don't understand God's mind. And we don't understand God's ways. You know, I, I often say, I want to know I'm in the will of God. But I'll be very frank with you. I always don't know if I'm in the will of God. I always say, now, now I can compare myself to the Word. And, and I can know according to the Word if there's there's matters in life. But, but, but is it the will of God? Is it the will of God for me and Sarah to go eat at, the, at Cracker Barrel after church? I don't know. I don't know. If I get up there and they, I can say it's the will of God for me and Sarah to go eat a Cracker Barrel after church. And I get up there and it's an hour and a half wait. Then I don't know that I'm going to wait on the will of God. Yeah. I'm with you, brother. I'm with you. But, but what we find ourselves in is sometimes we really don't understand the will of God. It's not for us to understand. It's not for us to be able to comprehend. But yet, we trust God that God has a plan. But I want you to know this. God has a plan after the plan. You see, that's 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 where I want to go to in this message this morning, is that God has a plan after the plan. His plan was to take Israel into captivity, into exile, if you would, into Babylon for 70 years. I realize I can explain some of it. It was because of disobedience and the other things involved. But, but God could have handled it many, many ways. But why was it that He had a plan to take them into exile 70 years? And there they were going to, they were going to at least multiply three generations, and they're going to plant garden and they're going to raise taters and they're going to raise maters and they're going to can cucumbers and make pickles and, and, and they're going to do all this stuff. Why Why in the world? Why didn't God just discipline them in some other way? Why didn't He call fire down from heaven? Why didn't the ground open up and He just swallowed them up? He, could, he does. It's proven He can do all those things. I can't answer that. But the only thing I can tell you is God had a plan. And God has a plan after the plan. Because when we go and look at Jeremiah 10 through 14, what we find there is, is when you search this out chronologically, if you do a little Bible study, you will find that, that at the time that Jeremiah uttered these words of prophecy, part of it wasn't really prophecy at all. Part of it was exhortation. Some of it was rebuke. Because Israel was about two years into 70 years of exile. They had 68 more to go. Two years down, 68 more to go. And when we begin to look at the plan after the plan, God speaks to them in the first person, if you would. He speaks to them in the present tense because He says, I want you to know I have plans for you. Now, some people got upset a little bit over a month ago. I did myself. I have to be very frank about it. I got upset myself. I wonder what in the world is going on. I, I you know, I I, 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 still got my flag flying in my front yard and my sign, even though somebody ran through my yard just to run over my sign. <laughs> 
Bless their heart. I wish I'd have had a nail strip down there, you know. <laughs> but, but understand this. Understand this with me this morning. God did not lose it. God did not lose it. And God has not lost control. And God God has not relinquished His power. And God has not relinquished His authority. And even, even if we do go into 70 years of exile, none of us in this room, or very few of us anyway, would live to see 70 total years of exile. But even if God were to take us into 70 years of exile, rest assured in this, that God has a plan. He will keep us in that plan. And then He has a plan after the plan. Because he's speaking to them and in two years into the 70, on years, uh, uh, 68 years left to go, God says to them, I want you to know that I have a plan. I have a plan for you to prosper. I have a plan for you to be in health. I have a plan for you to do well. I'm going to take care of you while you're in Babylon and I'm prepared when you come out. I'm prepared to bring you back home to Jerusalem. I'm prepared to bring the ones that scattered to the four corners of the earth. I'm prepared to bring them back home. God is saying this to us. I have a plan after the plan. And what that plan consists of he declares his plan to be beneficial to us because if you read in verse 10, he declares that his plan is good. If you read in verse 11, you will find that his plan includes prosperity. If you read in verse 11, you will also find that his plan includes that we have a future. So God has a plan after the plan. But I want to tell you something. God is not only self-confident in His person, who He is, because He's infallible. He can't fail. He can't fail. He can't, He can't do anything wrong. He, he can't error in any ways. I, I, I'll just, I'll be frank with you this morning. I, and, uh, pardon me for using that word frank so much, but I, I'm trying to use it instead of the word, the expression that I be honest with you. Because if I say, I'm just going to be honest with you, that would give you the, the thoughts that I might would be dishonest. So I'll be frank with you. I believe every word in this book except for just a couple. There's a couple words that I don't believe. And it's the ones that are right here that says genuine leather. I'm not so sure about that. I'm not so sure about that. You know, it's, it might be, but I'm not so sure. Of course, it don't say what kind of leather. It could be all kinds of things. But let me tell you, I am sure and I'm certain that God is in control. I am sure that I'm certain that God, God is eternal. And because God is eternal, He knows Yes, every yesterday, but he also knows every tomorrow that is ahead of any of us in this room. If he tarries his coming, he knows the tomorrows that are ahead long after we have went to the grave. If he, it, God is so, so much God, we, we can't comprehend that with our human minds. But God is, we, I'm confident in God. God is confident in himself, but I want you to catch this this morning. God is confident in us. Because when you read verse 12, he says in verse 12, let me read this to you again if I can get my, uh, if I can get my bifocals, my trifocals adjusted here. This is what God says. 
Verse 12. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. Now, we know that in Second Chronicles 7, it says, if my people which are called by my name. It says, if. That's a, that's a, that's a, a conditional term. If my people will call upon me and pray and seek my face, then I will hear from heaven. He's going to heal our land. He's going to restore us. But, but, but here he says, then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back from captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and places where I have banished you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back to the place from which I carried you into exile. You see, when we when we read that and we think about verses 12 through 14, God is God has already got it mapped out for Israel. Do you realize this? God's got it already mapped out for us. I don't believe in the doctrine of, of double predestination, if you would, that, that you're born to be sa- either saved or lost and there's nothing you can really do about it. That's crazy. That goes totally against, uh, against the whole plan of, of, of amazing grace, if you would. But I do believe that God has a predestined plan and He has a will for you and He has a will for me and He has a will for the world and He has a will for Blue Well and He has a will for West Virginia and He has a will will for the United States of America. And I believe that even if we go into 70 years of exile, and I'm not suggesting that we will, because I believe that the Lord can come back at any moment, any time. But I'm saying this, if we did go into 70 years of exile, God's still got a plan. And He's got a plan after the plan. And the plan after His plan is not necessarily centered around a nation with a name, but it's centered around His people. And God is going to bring His people home and we will call on him and he will answer us and he will minister in our midst so when the time comes he says I'll listen I'll be found and I'll restore now here's where I'm coming to you this morning the plan after the plan I can't explain the circumstances. I watched a video yesterday. I, I, I may post it to our church Facebook page later today. I watched a video yesterday. Uh, my wife shared it with me by Dr. David Jeremiah, great man of God, great preacher of the gospel. But as he introduced the, the video, Dr. Jeremiah, he said, I'm not a prophet nor am I son of a prophet. He said, but these are the things I know. I'm not, I'm neither am I a prophet nor am I the son of a prophet. I can't tell you what's going to happen in the immediate future. I can't tell you why things didn't line up the way that most evangelical believers thought they would line up. But I can tell you this, God's still in control. And I can tell you this, you know, 
you're, if you're like me, you're seeing, even though I'm not watching the news, I see, I still see and hear things, you know. This is happening. All this has already been reversed. This has already been changed. This has happened. That's happened. But I want you to know what? None of that, none of that shakes God. None of it shakes Him. It shakes us. It alarms us. It worries us. We, we get, we get, we, we start suffering anxiety and, 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 and I've talked to people even this past week. They're actually having panic attacks because some of the things that you're hearing, we're hearing and seeing around us. But let me tell you something. God's not lost control. He's not lost control at all. He has a plan. And then He has a plan after the plan. And, and, and a plan, God's plans are good plans. He's just planning on us. Anything like Israel. He said, I'm just planning on you going into this exile. But there, you're going to rest. You're going to be at peace. You're going to pray for the land that you're living in. And you're going to plant gardens and you're going to, you're going to prosper. I'm going to cause you to prosper and you're, you're going, you're going to find shalom there. You're going to find peace. And, and, and then there's going to come a day, 70 years from now, 68 years actually from the time it was written. He said, 68 years from now, I'm going to bring you out and you're going to pray and you're going to call on me and I'm going to hear you and I'm going to answer you and I'm going to bring you back to your homeland and I'm going to restore everything there is to restore in your life. Don't try to figure God out. Don't try to figure God out in that. Don't try to figure God out now. I don't know what He's up to, okay? I really don't know what He's up to. Now I can say, ah, bless God. He's positioning us for a great revival. Maybe He is. He's positioning us to, to bring people back into the church. Maybe He is. He's positioning us for... And, and, and we could speculate on all kinds of different things. And you know what? Some or all of them could be right. But here's the bottom line. I don't know what God is up to, but I know this. Whatever He's up to, He has a plan. And I can trust His plan. Because He has a plan after the plan. And that plan after the plan is going to take care of me. And I'm going to do well. And I'm going to be happy. Because He is going to bless me. No matter what comes, no matter what goes, I am blessed. Because He says, I am blessed. So God's plan. Buy you that house. What was that, that song? God's house is a big, big house. God's plan is a big, big plan. It's a big, big plan. And it's a plan that covers the entire earth. Just not Blue Well, just not Blue West Virginia, just not the United States of America, but it covers the earth. And God's plan is that He will take care of us. So we pursue Him. I believe people will pursue Him. I believe that we will be a people that will chase after Him. Some of you have already started. Some of you have been thinking about it, but you've not really, it's not really got quite bad enough yet. But when we seek Him, we will find Him. When we seek Him, we will find Him. When we speak to Him, we will hear from Him. When we, when we give ourselves over to Him, it's amazing what He's going to give back to us in return. See, God has a plan after the plan. I don't know what the plan is right now. I wish I did. I would tell you. If I really knew, I would tell you. But I know this. God has a plan after the plan. Some people are really 
anticipating the second coming of the Lord. We call it the rapture of the church. And it, and no doubt, common sense tells us it's closer now than it's ever been before because the the, talk, uh, the clock is slowly clicking away on us. So we definitely know we are closer to the second coming, the second appearing of the Lord Jesus Christ, the rapture of the church. We're closer than we've ever been before. But I want to tell you something. Uh, AK, if he don't come in my lifetime, he's still got a plan. And, a, and, a, and if, if somebody has to call and tell you to come pick, call, call the funeral home to come pick me up, and, and they come and pick me up, and I'm cold and I'm stiff, and let me tell you something, God still has a plan. He just needs us to be part of it. He just needs to, don't be one of those Israelites that said, no, we don't want to hang out in Jerusalem, we're not going over there. No, 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 do that. Go with God's plan. Just go where He leads. Remember that old song we used to see? Where He leads me, I will follow. Go with the plan. Because there's a plan after the plan. God planned this world. He planned this universe. He, he spoke it into existence audibly. He spoke it into existence. Some people say He created everything with His hand. I don't even find that He did that. I find that He just spoke everything into existence. That's how mighty God is. But even before he spoke this universe, all the universes into existence, God had a plan. That plan is eternity. You're in this room this morning and you don't know God in, in a personal relationship through and by the Son of God, Jesus Christ. You may miss out on eternity. In fact, you will miss out on eternity if you don't know Jesus. If you're watching by, by by phone or your iPad or your computer or even to have it up on your big screen in your living room this morning. If you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, if you don't know God through that personal relationship with Jesus Christ, then you don't miss the plan. You see, it's all important that we cast every bit of our concentration our effort it's up to us that we focus on who the Lord Jesus Christ is he's our Lord he's our Savior he's the Messiah he's the Christ he's the anointed one he's he fulfills the plan of God for our lives and he fulfilled the plan of God for this world we've not seen it all seen it all unfold yet but certainly it is unfolding before our eyes God has a plan and then he has a plan after the plan. Because John said, and I can't quote this verbatim, forgive me for not being able to. But John, he said, I, John, he said, he's exiled. He's on an island. He's on a rocky island that's snake infested, covered with snakes, covered with poisonous lizards, nothing but a rocky island. And he's on this rocky island in exile. He's already been boiled in oil. The flesh is peeling off of his body. And John said, I, John, he said, I, man, I looked up and he said, I beheld a holy city coming down out of heaven. And he gives the dimensions and he begins to describe that city and it, that city comes down and hovers over the earth. Let me tell you something. New Jerusalem is not some invention that's going to come up someday. It's already there somewhere. And John said, I saw it coming down. It's 
say God's got a plan after the plan. So if you're here in this room this morning, I don't ask, I don't ask everybody just to, out of respect to one another, bow your heads and just close your eyes for me. If you're in this room this morning and you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you've never entered into a personal relationship with Him. You say, well, what do you mean when you say that, preacher? What, I, what I'm talking about is, is that you say, hey, Jesus, I acknowledge you as the Savior of the world. I want you to forgive me of my sins. I want you to wash me and cleanse me through and by the power of your blood that you shed on the cross. I believe that you are risen from the dead. I believe that you're seated at the right hand. You make a declaration of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. You've got to believe that with your heart. Paul wrote to the Romans church. He said, if you believe that in your heart and you will confess Christ Jesus with your mouth, you shall be saved. That's established in the relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Thus, your relationship with God. If you're in this room this morning and you have never established that relationship with God through His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, I'm not here to embarrass you. I promise you, I will not embarrass you. But if you're in this room and you need, you need to have that relationship, that's a need in your life, I want you to slip up your hand and say, Pastor, pray for me. Anybody in this room right now? Anybody? Thank you. Anybody in this room right now? Thank you so much for the hand. I need you, Jesus. I need you, Jesus. I need you in my life. You may be watching by Facebook Live and you may be in need of a Savior this morning. We're just asking. We're just asking that you surrender your life to Him. We'll pray with you here in just a second. So right now, whether you raised your hand in this room or whether you raised your hand at home, you may have been back, you may be backslidden on the Lord. You may wander far, far away from Him. But He's waiting on the prodigal to come home. I want you to join with me in this prayer of faith this morning. It's good for everybody in the room, not just those that maybe slipped their hands up. But I want you to say, Father God, I come to you. Through and by your Son, Jesus Christ. I believe Jesus is the Son of God. I believe Jesus that you came that I can be redeemed. So today, Jesus I ask you to forgive me of my sin. They are many. But I trust you to forgive me. Today, I give myself to you. You are mine. And I am yours. Today, Jesus... I accept your blood that was shed on the cross for the atonement, the forgiveness of my sin. Through faith, I am made clean. Through faith, 
I am washed. Through faith, I am saved. With my heart, I believe you. And with my mouth, I confess the name of Jesus as Lord of all. According to your word, I have met, I have met my obligation and I am saved. I am redeemed and I'm on my way to heaven in Jesus name. Amen. I want you to look at me. If you're in this room this morning, some, there were some hands went up. There, there's no doubt some hands went up out there in the, in cyber church, wherever you're at this morning. I want you to know something. If you sincerely in your heart, you believe and with your mouth, you confess Jesus with Lord, you are saved. You're on your way to heaven. God has redeemed you through and by the blood of his only son, Jesus Christ. And from, from this point forward, you must, you must go forward in faith and you get into the word, read the word, study the word, pray, talk to God. He is your best friend. Talk to Jesus. He's never sleeps. He never rests. He never goes on vacation. He's never out of town. His phone is never put on silence. Call him up. Call him up. Tell him what you want. And I want you to know this. He has a plan after the plan. He has a plan after the plan for the United States. He has a plan after the plan for this church. He has a plan after the plan for your life. Just allow Him to work in your life. And when the time comes, for Israel it took 70 years, 68 years from the time this was written or prophesied by Isaiah. 68 years later, let me tell you what happens if you do your Bible research. Do your Bible study, your Bible history. What you find out is 60 year, 68 years later, guess where Israel gets to go? Back to Jerusalem. Guess what happens? Yahweh! That's what, you know, they called God. Yahweh! Yahweh! Yahweh says, Hello! <laughs> I hear you! We're calling on you! I know, I'm on my way right now. I'm coming. You see, because God, God had a plan after the plan. And He's got a plan for you after your plan. Father, right now we thank you for the power of your word. We thank you for ministering and working and touching our lives this day. Lord, let your word be brought to fruition in lives, Lord, in this room and across our waves this morning. Throughout the internet, Lord God. Right now, God. Just let this word come forth, touching hearts and changing lives in Jesus' name.